and my mum just sat me in a car and she was like you have got stuff to live for I promise and I was like I don't think I have though and then she just got really upset and I felt really bad um, and then she just said that my dad's not my dad and I was like it's 160,000 on TikTok if I saw someone are you making enough <laughs> to get by then monthly with that not, audience no on TikTok I make reasons I did OnlyFans and none of them for the right reasons so the main reason was because I think having like really really low self-esteem and I genuinely believed that people would only ever want me in a sexual way like I just genuinely didn't believe that people liked me as a person and I was just you know if I was dating someone it was just for sex like they just wanted me for sex that's all they wanted me for Hello and welcome to May Contain, the podcast Breaking the Sigma. And the podcast is a safe space where the guests open up about their personal stories and struggles along the way in hopes that their stories will inspire you. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Adelaide, who's got over 600,000 followers on TikTok. And there's a lot to unpack on this podcast today because Adelaide is just so open and honest and vulnerable. And it's amazing to see. You don't see many people like that, which kind of wear the heart and the sleeve, you could say. Talk about obviously living with ADHD and anorexia, the decision behind why she started an OnlyFans account and opens up to me about breaking the stigma behind kinks and being in a polyamorous relationship. And we also talk very honestly about dealing with hate online. It's a lot easier now for someone to kind of send hate and she talks very openly about online bullying, something she's been so open and honest about on her social media. Just before we jump into the podcast, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you listen to it on your podcast platforms, make sure to click that subscribe or that follow button. Honestly, it means the world to me. And the more subscribers, the bigger guests I can get on the podcast. And finally, if you want to support the podcast, make sure to write me a review. There's also a link in my description below where you can buy me a coffee. Honestly, I'm always working on podcasts late at night. So yeah, if you want to buy me a coffee, there's a link in the description. Let's jump into the podcast. I'm rubbing, my ADHD is rubbing off on you. I've moved this chair like so many different times, like trying to get it. You'll just, just be doing it the entire time. The whole time, like. Adelaide, <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, good. I think good. you're probably one of the few Northern guests because obviously like, I live in London, so mm-hmm. it's great to do the podcast in Manchester. That's why your accent is so different. I was trying to pinpoint it when oh, you really? were talking. I was like, where is his accent from? Where is he from? Like, yeah. <laughs> if, I find like accents so weird. Like I just don't understand why so many different ac- like accents are different in different parts of yeah, like the UK. I don't, I don't like you go it. like an hour away and it's like yeah, it's so like, different to like the saying. next. Like, yeah. me, like if we go back to I love obviously you've got this massive platform. You share everything I do. about your life, like um, your autism and ADHD. Mm-hmm. If we go back to your early years, yeah, you originally from Manchester. How was life yeah. growing up? Um. It was okay. So I grew up in, like, I literally lived in the same area my entire life. I've not really ever moved apart from once when I lived in Turkey for a few months. But it was fine. I didn't really have, like, a lot of friends growing up. So I spent a lot of my, like, childhood, like, kind of on my own or with, like, my family, like, my cousins and stuff with my friends. And then. Do you pinpoint why that is? It's quite interesting because I had a guest on the other day called Becky Etzel. Huge platform um Sunday Times bestseller and she's like celiac but she talks about not having any friends when she was like yeah. growing up even now 
Oh yeah, I, st- I still don't. I think I've got like two friends. I really don't have that many, many friends. I just really struggle making friends. And I think it has a lot to do with being autistic and ADHD. Um, not being able to read social cues properly, not being able to kind of like understand if someone is my friend or not. Like I never knew if well, someone like was a friend. Or, no. Just not knowing what friend meant or like, I just thought people who talk to you were your friend. So at school, if people were talking to you like, are they your friends? Are they not your friends? What's the difference? Are work colleagues, are they your friends? Like mm. I never really understood when to know someone was a friend or whether someone was just like an acquaintance. And then growing up when I was really young, I was really weird and odd. And I was either extremely loud and I'd say things that were inappropriate or I wouldn't think before I spoke. And I had interests that were younger than my peers' interests. And so I never really like fit in with anyone. So I just was so quite tricky. It was quite hard then, would you say, when you were younger yeah. to like try and be like, obviously you must feel like a bit of a black sheep if you feel like you're trying to fit yeah. in all these different groups and you don't know where to sit. I mean, yeah. So like I was kind of like the black sheep of my family and like everyone else. Like I just never felt like I fit in anywhere, whether that was at home with like my mum, dad, my brother and stuff or with my cousins or with like school and stuff. I was always just felt really odd. Like I was like the odd one out and I wasn't the friend in the friend group that was actually considered a part of the friend group. I was just that one that used to like hang around (laughs) with them and do you like have you seen them like stories where all like posts that people put on and it's like um oh that friend who like I was that friend that had to walk behind the group when the pavement got too small and that was me like I was that friend and I was the friend that would get dared to go home in a game of truth or dare like I wasn't the friend that was invited places or was actually considered a part of the group I was just a friend that was there. When did, when did you feel like you found people like similar to yourself? Was that through school or was that later um, on in life, would you say? Honestly, probably only over the last couple of years, I've actually really made friends that are genuinely friends with similar interests and we have like connections and we understand one another and stuff. But up until like a couple of years ago, just never really just never really never had friends or fit in and the friends that I did have what do you think has changed then you said like the last few years like yeah. you feel like you've kind of probably more friends now. getting my diagnosis of ADHD and autism and also being online so I've met, met the friends that I have now I've I've even met online through making the content that I make or I've met through engaging in hobbies that I genuinely have an interest in like pole dancing is one of like my favorite hobbies and I met a friend a couple of friends doing that hobby and it just turns out that they also are quite similar to me in terms of like ADHD and stuff like that so I just kind of like navigate now towards ADHD autistic people (laughs) found your people yeah yeah so you, you got brought up, so it's yourself and you just one brother. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I have a younger brother. Uh, so it was me, my mum, my dad, and my younger brother. Um, but yeah, my dad. And he got diagnosed with, is it? ADHD. Quite early on. As yeah, well, yeah, so I think my brother was diagnosed when he was like seven, eight, maybe even younger. Um, but it was because we present very differently. So he was like really like, I love you, Jake. <laughs> but he was very naughty. Um, and misbehaved so they were like the traits that people knew 
ADHD was. Like ADHD was kind of labeled the naughty boy disease or the naughty boy disorder or whatever. It wasn't ever looked at as anything other than just misbehaved mm. boys. Like that's what it was known as. Did you have a close relationship with like your mum and dad? Um, my mum, yeah. Um, me and my mum have always been really, really close. I'm still really close with my mum. Not so much my dad. Um, I love my dad to pieces, but he, we like, we didn't really get on very often. Like we argued a lot. Um, I think we're both quite stubborn. And so we'd bicker all of the time and it just made it difficult to have like a proper, like close relationship with him. Um, Did you always feel like more comfortable around your mum, would you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas my dad, he, like he's like great. And I found out a couple of years ago that he isn't actually my biological dad. And so the fact that- How was that? That must have been- like you said two years ago. Yeah. I mean. I think it was like two, what year, Robbie now? 2023, 20, so it would have been three years ago. It was in what situ- 2020. Where were you when, when you found that out? Um, so I was going through a lot, like mentally. Um, I was not in a very good place. Uh, my anorexia was really bad. Um, I think my mum was kind of scared that I was like, not going to make it to the end of the year. Um and I would just felt like I had nothing to like live for. Basically, I was like, I just, I just want to give up. And my mum just sat me in a car and she was like, you have got stuff to live for, I promise. And I was like, I don't think I have though. And then she just got really upset and I felt really bad. Um, and then she just said that my dad's not my dad. And I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> what and that was in your lowest point as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was like, you've got a whole other side of a, a family that, you know, really want to meet you and How stuff. did you feel when, when she said that? Was it? Overwhelming. Like it was weird because it wasn't like a normal kind of situation to be in. I was just sat in my mum's car while she was like terrified to tell me. And I was like, like the only person in the family that didn't know, like everyone knew. Um, how come you use like the last person was she just scared so, of your reaction or how you would take it so my mum ended up meeting my dad when I was like four and that's when her and my dad had my brother um, and I used to call him Darren apparently my mum said I used to just call him Darren and then when my brother started calling him dad I wanted to call him dad as well and so they just never so I just always called him dad but I just kind of forgot that I used to call him Darren because obviously I was like hmm. three, four years old. And then they just never told me that like, he wasn't my dad. Was you upset with your family because they knew and then... Yeah, but I've not really talked to them about how it made me feel or like how upset I was and stuff because I didn't want them to feel bad. So I didn't like, obviously like I was really, really upset and really distressed because I always growing up like whether it's just my perception or not like again I love my dad to pieces but I always felt like he treated my brother very very differently to the way that he treated me and never knew why like I never understood why and so it would have been nice to kind of know why um definitely you felt that like your whole life like growing up and like you just knew yeah, that there was, some there was something was different it's weird how you got yeah. know sometimes isn't it yeah. like it is weird how like you have them like certain like feelings and you just know like something yeah. isn't quite right but then you just don't know what but then you find out later yeah. on like 
And it's weird because like me and my brother look like twins. Like we look exactly alike, but my brother is the spitting image of me dad. Mm. But we have different dads. It's, Do you know who your dad is then? Yeah, yeah, I've met him. Um, so I met him a couple of months after my mum had told me and it was fine. Like it was nice meeting him. Um, but I think I was like, not what he expected. And I was like, maybe a little bit too much for him. Um, because I was really quite quiet then. Well, he was, he was nice and he came and he visited a few times. And I mean, I don't know him. Like I, I don't really know anything about, about him or his family or anything like that. But it just felt like, I don't know, like we kind of stopped seeing each other a little bit after he he like stopped visiting and stuff. And I think it was more just, I was really poorly and not okay, not very well mentally and stuff. And I think he just expected different, I guess. I think he might've been a bit disappointed in like who I was. Yeah. Because you are, you're amazing. Like like everything (laughs) you're doing now, like with your platform (laughs) and like. Yeah. raising awareness and like an open yeah. book like and I we think, have yeah. yeah we have very different opinions on things as well and do you still speak to him or just not that often uh not really that often he came by um i think maybe the day before christmas eve with a christmas card and just kind of said you know you know you've you're an adult i'm an adult my kids have left home just want to get on with my life and and stuff so you know I'll see you christmas and birthdays or whatever and i was like okay yeah <laughs> cool that's fine do you think it's like one of them where it's like a bit late now like yeah to like build a relationship, a relationship yeah because yeah. i wanted to like i thought like i really wanted to build a relationship but i think being nearly 30 now it's not really something that we can do especially when like i'm a whole person i'm not so i'm like i'm not going to change my opinion on things and we have very different views mm. on stuff and it was probably one of the main arguments I used to have with my dad that raised me. Um, I will refer to him as my dad because he is my dad. And yeah. then obviously the guy who's my biological dad isn't. Um, but we used to have a lot of arguments because we just had different opinions on things. Yeah. And I was very stubborn. <laughs> and, uh, In your own ways, yeah. Yes, I have a very strong sense of justice, which is a very strong artistic trait. And I do not like the feeling of being something being unjust. And I will stand my ground and I will argue my point until I'm blue in the face. Is it hard for someone to like persuade you? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's something to do like morally Mm. or if it's like, I know I'm right and I'm being told I'm wrong. It feels painful, but I'm only like that with my dad. I'm not like, I'm not really like that with other people. I'll just kind of like let other people tell me whatever or talk to me like however they want to. But with my dad, I'm like, no, I'm not going to have this. No, yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> no, not having it. Like. Yeah. Um, but he's the same. Like, yeah. he'll be like, no, like, F off, you're wrong. Yeah. I'm like, and I just cry. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to like touch upon, you You've, you spoke about um, anorexia and like yeah. going through that. Was that mm-hmm. something from a young age you would say? Because I, I, to be honest, I've never really spoke to anyone about it. So yeah. was it, was it just obviously not eating any food at all or was it? No, so there's so many misconceptions about anorexia and I've had eating disorders um, since I was about nine years old. Um, So I've had bulimia, I've had binge eating disorder and anorexia. Um, And anorexia isn't not ever eating food. It's basically restricting your food intake 
to a dangerous level, like to an amount that isn't okay. It's not sustainable. It's not something that you can live on. And it's a lot of times it's absolutely nothing to do with food and everything to do with control. And so it can come from like trauma. It can come from like being bullied or like feeling out of control in your life. Being able to control the food that you eat is sort of a way of feeling like you have some sense of control over your life. Mm. And when you don't, and anorexia is actually a mental illness and it is the uh, mental mental illness with the highest mortality rate. Like, oh, wow. yeah. Um, and a lot of people think anorexia means underweight and it doesn't. That's it's, what I, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's think, not yeah. a weight disorder at all. Like it has absolutely nothing to do with your weight and you can die from anorexia at any weight. Like you can be malnourished at any weight and some people's bodies just physically will not go to a lower weight. But that doesn't mean that they're struggling any less than someone who's, whose body does go lower because it's just the way that their body is. Yeah. Um, and it's got absolutely nothing to do with your body, the way that you look or anything like that. It's a mental illness and somebody can have anorexia and eat a regular amount of food, but have the thoughts constantly that they're not allowed to eat. They're not allowed to do this. They're constantly not eating certain foods anymore because of the nutritional value in it and stuff like that. And I, when I started recovery, I had more thoughts and struggled more with food than I did before I started recovery because I just felt like I was losing control like really badly and so although I was eating more the thoughts were louder the urges were stronger the need and the want for some form of control was stronger and I struggled a lot more. I couldn't leave the house. I cried every single day. I felt disgusting with the way that I looked. I couldn't look in the mirror without sobbing. And How I old could, were you at that point? Like? Oh my God, like 25, 26. Yeah, it was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like I'm still technically in recovery um, because I still struggle. I still have days where like I'll just sit and sob and cry because I've got to eat. And I cry because I feel hungry. Mm. Like feeling hungry feels like 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 I've failed in some way. And so I still have quite a few days when I feel like that. But I have so many more good days now. I'm healthy now. Like I'm in a really good position health wise, but it doesn't make the thoughts any less. Like that's yeah. what the recovery works on. Like the weight comes first. The weight gain is like almost immediate. Like that comes first it's the work that you've got to put in to mentally recover that takes the longest and that's what I personally think is the hardest part of recovery and it's when people give you less help if you are how do you find that help like initially the help I got for my recovery was disgusting it was horrible no offense to the therapist she might be great but mm -mm. like was not fantastic I had to do weekly weigh-ins like how is how is someone how's that helping like yeah. literally how is someone who's struggling with a number like that weighing themselves weekly helpful while mm. then telling me not to weigh myself all the time I'm at home it's alone like in the middle of covid yeah. having to weigh myself every week I was having to do a meal plan so I had a meal plan that I was on and I had to write down everything I ate to tell her what I'd eaten like it just put so much focus mm. on the food that it made my recovery 
heck a lot So they're kind of looking in the wrong place. Like they shouldn't be looking at the food. They should yeah. be looking at the, yeah. the, the mental the illness. Mental, yeah, the mental side of it. Like I understand the need for a meal plan and a meal plan really helped me. It did. But I shouldn't have to write down everything that I'm eating because all that's doing is making me really aware of how much I'm eating. Where do you think it stemmed from? Because um, I, when my head goes there, I think of like, social media now these young girls and mm-hmm. like these pin up instagram influencers yeah. with the fillers and the, yeah. the filters and see that's the thing that and i just think like, there's so much pressure yeah there like. is so much pressure to look a certain way and i'm of the i'm at the age where when i was growing up every single magazine had celebrities on it that were like unflattering images like look at this celebrity let herself go and it was or just a daily mail of like yeah and it was just like roof, a woman yeah. regular body size sat on the beach like but it was so harsh and hurtful and like saying how disgusting she was and all of this and it's like that was on every single magazine cover but a lot of the times like my anorexia wasn't really anything to do with the way that I looked in terms of like needing to look a certain way like the one like people in magazines it was more I needed to be as small and as inconvenient as like as as little of an inconvenience as possible. Like I needed to be so out of everybody's way and just not exist. I needed to be this tiny little vessel that was just in the corner that nobody needed to bother with and nobody could notice. And so it was more about shrinking myself as to not take up too much space. And then when I started recovery, it became a little bit more about the way that I looked. And I didn't realize how much value I put on myself based on my body and that I would constantly, and I still do feel like no one is ever going to love me and no one is ever going to want to be with me in a romantic way because of the way that I look or no one's ever going to want to be a part of my life or like genuinely love me for me if I don't look a certain way. And I think that all the time and then that paired with my autism and ADHD and constantly feeling like I'm either too much or I'm not enough. I'm, if I have a meltdown, then you're constantly having these like battles, like, yeah. So I just constantly always feel like out of control and feel like I need to always be on high alert and be this perfect person to be deemed worthy of acceptance or love from somebody else. And it's hard to let that go. Mm no matter how much you think you've recovered. Even even like in relationships now, I think mm. like it's so accessible now with like Tinder and like- Yeah, um, dating apps are the worst. Bumble, yeah. And like Hinge, <laughs> just because like you're looking for this perfect person. It's yeah. not, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. So like, yeah, once you get to know, no one's, everyone's yeah. got flaws. So yeah, exactly. But then they're just like, they cut the ass or they get the ick. Yeah. You know? And they're yik. like, oh, I'm just going to go back on the app again and like yeah. meet someone else. I think that's, that's something that like, a lot of people sort of don't really realize when they're on like dating apps is you're looking for someone that doesn't exist and then you're matching with someone and you don't want to be with them or like them because they're not the version of them that you imagined from their pictures. Yeah. And it's like hard to be yourself on a dating app as well as look aesthetically pleasing enough for people to match her and then when you do match people and you go on dates and then you start dating someone they get bored of you so quickly that it just feels like 
awful. Like, yeah. Yeah, you I feel just, like you form a connection with someone yeah. and then like next minute they're like, oh, it's not working yeah. out. And you're like, where's um, this come from? Exactly. And like, there's like, no like... There's no explanation. Yeah. Um, Ghosting. Like, yeah, yeah. For me, it takes me a really long time to bond with people and with anyone really. It takes me so long to connect emotionally and genuinely feel like this person means something to me. Like I like people yeah. and I can feel attached and, you know, I respect and appreciate the person, but it just takes me so long to get to the point where it's like, no, I genuinely like have such strong feelings for them. And I don't know why it takes me a long time. It just does. But no one waits. <laughs> no one, like if I'm dating someone, like it's not fair for me to ask people to wait to see how I'm going to feel. Like, but because it takes oh, me okay. so long, mm -hmm. I don't really get the chance. Yeah. But to I'm sure when you meet someone who really likes you, then you'll, you'll give you that time. You know what I mean? Like, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope one yeah. day, like me and my mum laugh. But I, I saw think, that you did a TikTok the other day about yeah. like, <laughs> you went, is it the third date now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just casual. <laughs> that's just a casual thing. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah I'm going on, an, on another date on Tuesday with another person. Um, oh, I don't remember his name. <laughs> Should I cut this out? <laughs> That's an ADHD thing that, yeah. like you'll say it and then I'll remember, but no, I'm like, I'm weird with dating. Like I like it, but I don't, I get really nervous, especially dating men. Cause I just don't know whether I'm going to get murdered. Which yeah, is like, I know. Like, are you, <laughs> that all sounds, these, like, horror stories, yeah, like, like yeah. that sounds so far-fetched and so silly, but like it happens. Like people are just don't realize how often it happens. And so I just get terrified of going on dates with men. Do you go in there, like, once you find some out, do you, like, really, like... Zone in on it. Zone in on it. Yeah. And, like, find, like, yeah. every story, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, damn. Not leaving the house now, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just going to stay home forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> me and my mum laugh, because my mum, she she thinks I'm going to... She was laughing a bit, uh, but that I'm going to be alone forever. Um, because, so I've been poly for a long time, which is polyamorous. Is that open relationship? Yeah. yeah. And... The way that I view poly is very much the same way I view friendships. Like you don't just have one friend and just yeah. because you've got three friends doesn't mean you love any of your other friends. Is it hard less. to find other people like who, who are feel the same? Actually like, poly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cause you tell people. Quite niche? Like, yeah. But like you like, or do, you they, tell or people, do they just get off put? Like, I think a lot of times they just assume it means they can sleep with whoever they want without telling you. Okay. That's not what it is because that's still cheating. Um, so for the last like couple of years, every single time I've been with someone and it's been a polyamorous relationship, they've all cheated on me. And it's like, I'm literally poly. Like, you just have to tell me. Like, you just have to tell me that this was going to happen. That was it. That's all you had to do. And instead of telling me, they just keep it secret. So that's, but if he, if they turned to you and said, look, I've slept with, someone else no that would be cheating they had to tell me before all right i'm with you so, sorry yeah. so if he, he gives so, you the heads up yeah like, so I'm they gonna, just say like yeah. oh i'm i met this person in a bar we're gonna yeah. go on a date awesome is there gonna be a chance for sex maybe okay that's fine my boundary is that you wear a condom because i'm your primary partner so i expect you to wear a condom there's always one primary partner then it depends yeah. like it's like an umbrella term uh so it depends on the person's boundaries and how they want to operate in the mm. sort of relationship but people who are poly can be in, in like triads so there could be like three people and you're all in a relationship together yeah there are people who 
have I've seen a guy the other day dating like two twins like oh um, that'd be weird yeah i wouldn't be able to do that i wouldn't be able to date i thought twins. that was mad that the twins like okay yeah like it? yeah they're related like mm. my girlfriend she's like a twin <laughs> i could imagine like <laughs> two of her like oh my I'm god like, no yeah. i couldn't but Can't yeah we? so with, with me the way that um so it's weird because like i've never really properly been monogamous and i, I wouldn't ever say no to monogamy yeah. like if it felt right it felt right but the way that like polyamory works just seems more I don't know like the way that for me I just feel like because I'm a lot <laughs> um and I think it's easier for the other person how does a if, marriage work then so you can get married you can be married to one person and then each of you can date other people um or you can have like a limit you can be like each person gets to date one or two other people or you can bring someone yeah. else into so the marriage. The rules of like, yeah. yeah. And it's all about communication and stuff. Communication is really, really important and making sure that everyone is on the same page. Everyone knows about each other. There's nothing worse than them just going behind your back and doing something because yeah. then that's, that's cheating, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, you've done that for malicious reasons because you're in a polyamorous relationship. All you have to do is say, I'm going to go and do this, but you've chosen to do it behind the back yeah for what reason like your you're like your reason is to just hide it for, for why like i don't i can't comprehend why someone would want to do that other than the thrill of getting caught doing something wrong which is just really disrespectful to your partner i just think as well like some people can like do it and then not feel any remorse i think yeah. that's mad like, like i can't i can't comprehend that like yeah. in my brain at all I've only ever cheated on somebody once and I feel like I have a reason. It's probably not a very good reason, but when I was um, living in Turkey, some, like something happened, like I was, yeah. And I just didn't feel like a person after that, like at all. I felt like all I'm good for is sex. I'm just good. Like, that's it. My body is just used for sex and that is all it's used for. And so when I came home from Turkey, I, st I like slept with someone and the guilt that I felt was awful, yeah. awful. And I rang my partner immediately and I was like, this has happened. Did you work through it? Oh no. They said that they wanted to. Um, they said like, oh, they understand like my positioning, we'll work through it and stuff. And I just couldn't do it to him. And I just said, no, I don't want to. Like you deserve better. I'm not in a position right now where I feel like I can be what you need and I can be a good partner and you don't deserve that and so we ended up breaking up um and I'm pretty sure like they've got they've got like two kids now like yeah they're like thriving <laughs> from what I've I find seen it, yeah I find it mad I, yeah. I've had friends and um say one of the partners doesn't want kids and then mm -hmm say if they're not on the same page and the breakup yeah. and then next minute like, they've got like two kids and, like, yeah like I thought you didn't want any I don't yeah. want kids myself I was gonna ask you you've always been like so open um your TikTok yeah I mean let's talk about that like mm -hmm. over 600 thousand yes. followers <laughs> 600 I feel like you like such like an open book where, where did yeah. that all start where you started like documenting was it was it to document the ADHD or what was uh, no. the main reason that so time? I started TikTok in 2020 when I started anorexia recovery and I did it as a way to document my own recovery for myself like 
I didn't think I was going to get any followers. I didn't think anything was going to come from it. I just wanted to make little food diaries. Like I did like what I eat in a day, like recovery videos, which now I regret immensely. Should not have done that. So because they what were What did you regret, sorry? Um, so I made what I eat in a day videos for my anorexia recovery. And looking back, that was a really triggering thing to do, not only for myself, but for other people. And I really shouldn't have done that. But were you young as well? I imagine like, yeah, yeah like so, certain content you wish, oh God. Like, like I really wish I didn't do that. At the time I thought it was helpful and I only did it for myself. But then I started getting followers and it just kind of blew up. And then I stopped making what I eat in a day videos because I realized I was like, this is really triggering and I do fear food Fridays now instead. Um, so every single Friday I do fear foods um, to help people with fear food and to help myself. And then I kind of started documenting my diagnosis journey for ADHD and autism. And then just kind of was very open. And we're just talking about everything. Has it been like, because I, I feel like you're so open, like, like yeah. you document obviously what you get up to, obviously mm-hmm. like your pole dancing, but also document like your life and yeah how you feeling I think even when you brush your teeth or do you make yeah. up I love it it's like a little story time yeah yeah um, I think it's nice to do that because like people can sometimes body double with me which people find helpful so like people with ADHD um and struggle with executive functioning skills don't really like have sometimes have the motivation to like brush the teeth or like do things like that so if I do videos doing it people body double with they it, do it yeah, they yeah. do it with me yeah and I love has it that. been like a dark side to having this massive platform now uh, on social media. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hate is not is not nice. Do you get a lot of hate? I don't get a lot of hate, no. Um I used to. I used to get when my content was very eating disorder heavy, I would get comments constantly about my weight and how disgusting I was and how ugly I was. Is and that just on TikTok? Yeah. Do you find that TikTok is where That's where you get more hate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it was really hard to ignore at first, um, but now I, I don't really get that much hate anymore. And anytime I get a hate comment, I just kind of ignore it. I just I leave it there. I'm like, you wrote that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> and I just so like I don't have them. anything better to do yeah. sometimes, innit? Like, yeah. But I don't, I don't think people understand like the consequences to that. And yeah. Like, and I'll I'll be honest as well. Like I got a bit of hate once because I outed someone who was like telling people to basically like eat what they're allergic to and I was like what the hell this is so dangerous and yeah. I did like a bit of like a response video so I kind mm-hmm. of shared the video and then I did a response to it and um the the, the reaction was like positive like yeah. 99% was like super positive like yeah this is good because I wanted to get the video banned and it did get banned yeah because video got like over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views and I'm yeah. like this is so dangerous for like young people on TikTok yeah anyway um she did like a a massive Instagram story, like slagging me off and trying to get her followers to like give me hate and like. Oh, see, I hate but it was like thirteen-year-old girls like slipping into my DMs and like <laughs> being like, "Oh, like, you're a dickhead and all this stuff." And I was just like, "No, I, but, like, I hate I, that." For some reason, because when when I when I get comments like my girlfriend's like, "Why are you looking at the negative?" Because I was looking at the comments and a few yeah. people was like, "Oh, this is bullying." I was like, I'm "Not like she yeah. could kill someone." Like, yeah, is this the carrot girl? No, uh, no, okay, yeah, the carrot girl. Yeah, I saw them videos and I was like, why would you eat something that you're allergic to? Is it when she's at the stadium? Oh. She's at a football stadium? No, there was a, I saw a TikTok, this was a couple of years ago now, and this woman was trying to not be allergic to carrots or something. I might be completely wrong. I might be misremembering this, but 
she would like eat carrots and then like time like seven minutes to see how how her reaction was to try and like up the amount of carrots she could eat or something like that it's just it's just like so scary in it as well and like, I, I, I yeah. remember like I was like engrossed and I was like oh my god I wonder if you're gonna have a reaction or not like that's scary like I don't yeah. want to eat things I'm allergic to yeah so I did this whole <laughs> video and stuff and um like the reaction the reaction was positive but like yeah I've had like not much backlash but like the odd comment here and there yeah. but I mean I think you can't what, please everybody yeah. like how do you when you when you get a bad comment do you just blank so, it out like I tend to just ignore it. I tend to leave it unless it's like genuinely hate fueled about a community. So if I get any like homophobic comments, transphobic comments and stuff like that, I will defend because my platform is a safe space for people. And I do not want people to come to my platform and feel like they're going to get hit Mm. because that's not what I want at all. I want the community to be safe and the majority of people in the community that I've built are literally like so lovely and loving and will like praise each other and stuff in the comments and it's really lovely but if I get like homophobic transphobic comments or really like uneducated comments about like neurodivergence and stuff I will comment back I comment as nicely as I can just like I'm not arguing with you I just this comment isn't very nice uh this is the actual truth of the matter. Like take your comment elsewhere. You're not welcome here. But sometimes if it's just like a genuinely like you're ugly, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it there. Cause I'm just like, it's just embarrassing yeah. for you. Like the fact that you came and searched my profile to comment that, yeah. like, so I'll just, I just leave it. What, I'm like, what's oh, yeah. like on, on one of your recent videos on YouTube, you, you kind of spoke about bullying. Yeah. With bullying something you experienced, like, a young age or is that something which happened um, later on in life? Yes, yeah, so I've been bullied my entire life. Like I was bullied all throughout high school, all through primary school. I was bullied in college. I was bullied in uni. Like I've been bullied in like work, just always, always been bullied. And if it's not like direct bullying, like name calling and stuff, it's like being taken advantage of or people talking behind your back, people like actually actively excluding you from things and making you feel bad yeah it's been like a constant theme i mean yeah throughout my life which makes it really hard for me to like trust people and to be like myself around people and then when people are nice to me or people do nice things for me i'm like really like worried because i'm kind of like why they're being so nice like is this a joke are they playing a practical joke on me are they like filming me for like a weird reaction video or something or are they gonna be really really horrible to me or use this against me if people buy me like gifts and stuff I get like really paranoid that they're gonna like throw it in my face at some point and be like well I bought you this gift so you've got to do this for me and must be really hard as well yeah like going through life and then constantly being like yeah thinking that way as well must be yeah difficult but then it's not nice for the people who genuinely are nice to me just want to be yeah because i'm like why being so nice to me they're like i just want to be nice and i'm like yeah but why yeah and they're like why are you questioning me i'm like but why (laughs) just tell me why and sometimes it's hard for me to accept that people just like me Mm. or people just want to be nice to me like it's hard for me to like comprehend that because i'm just so not used to it I'm more used to it now though. So now I'm not as surprised when people are nice yeah. to me, but it still takes me like a bit of a while a to bit, like a settle bit, down. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Sp- yeah. I know in the video you dressed, there's a lot of stuff you dressed this video. I'm, obviously I'm, yeah. I'm not going to touch upon all of it, but 
I mean, it's it's awful what you've had to go through from yeah one person yeah so trying to kind of harness tarnish like everything you're doing yeah because obviously it's trying to help people yeah they're um, like taking everything that I do and then like twisting it into this like heinous narrative of just hate like I just don't understand like where half of the accusations come from like like abusing my animal for example was one of the things that they posted about they sent the RSPCA to my house to try and get my pet taken away from me it's awful and I see like, you how good you are with your cat like snuggling and like, like it's so cute yeah I was like zero. Yeah, yeah yeah he's like honestly like I think I made I've spoken about it openly before because like you've said like I am so open on my platforms and stuff and it takes me a long time to bond and connect and so it took me about a year to really bond with zero and I've been so open about that I've said that multiple times it's not something I'm ashamed of like that's just the way that my brain works but now he's like my my like child like my brother's having a baby and my mum's like oh my first grandson and I'm like excuse me what about zero (laughs) like what about my kid what about my baby but it took me a while to bond with him and so they took that and just ran with it and was like saying I left my cat to starve to death. And you know this person or you know of this person. Yeah. So I've met this person twice and we were part of a friendship group. And is it jealousy? Do you know the reason why? I honestly don't like I've reached out to them a few times to like ask if we can have a FaceTime to like talk and they don't want to, and they've just not responded. And to be honest, like I, I don't want to name who they are and I don't want Mm any like hate for them like I would hate for them to feel the way that they've made me feel like if I've ever hurt anyone in my life or if I've ever like done anything that's upset someone or I would I would apologize immediately like unless I don't know but if if I don't know tell me so then I can like apologize for like if I've done something and we can work through it and stuff but I genuinely like I can't really understand the way that the what I could have possibly have done um to this person but I I, think it's awful as well because like they're actually like going out the way as well it's like it's not just like a nasty comment like they're trying to harness like any brand you've worked with or like the autism show and I just thought like yeah they're like my agency had to like drop me um because like I hadn't disclosed everything that was going on and I, I genuinely didn't know that I had to um, so that was a learning curve. Mm. They, you know, emailed like naked pictures of me and stuff to the autism show and a lot of all these accusations. They send messages to brands. They tag brands on Instagram, like all of these like accusations they're, they're, and stuff. It sounds like they're not happy in their life. So they're, they're just trying to bring you down. And yeah. It might be other people as well. Yeah. But. but like, I genuinely think that they're not well. Mm. And I just really hope that their friends help them get help because I just, I can't like, I wouldn't be able to like live with myself if it got out like, you know, like who they were and then any of my followers like gave them hate Mm. because like, even though they'd just be defending me, I couldn't, I couldn't hack that. Like I just, bullying makes me feel sick. It it really genuinely upsets me. It makes me feel like really uncomfortable and I, I just, I don't like it. And so I'd rather this person just sort of know, you know, I've addressed it everything that you've you know said I've addressed and I just genuinely hope that they're okay and that you know they can get some help and that they if they ever want to reach out and talk like I am more than happy to do that 
Um, but yeah, I just do. I do. I genuinely no, I, just I hope that they're okay. Right. Like, we're not here to oust someone, but no. I also think as well, like if you never know, they might listen to this as well. Like, yeah, they probably will, and then you'll probably get a message like, "Don't speak to Adelaide because of this, this, but and like, this." And it's send you know what I mean? Like, I, I think like yeah, they they need the help, and I think it's it's wrong on a lot of levels that, yeah. that they're trying to take your cat away <laughs> yeah well i genuinely think all, that the end the stuff, yeah, yeah i genuinely think that the end goal is for me to kill myself i think that that's what they that's what they want and um in december i was like really like with everything that they was was doing it's only gotten worse since december but i had to have a friend stay with me because like they were scared for like my safety for me if i was on my own because my mental health got so bad like I just was like what's the point of doing anything or even being alive and trying to make anything of myself if every single thing that I do they're just taking it posting that I'm all of these horrible things which I'm not and half of the stuff that they've accused me of like I should be in prison like if any of that stuff was true like yeah. I should like it is ridiculous I thought the funny one was the tax one <laughs> tats, I was like like come on now like, like the tax so you're like, like she, serious, she doesn't pay tax need, like help like, like she doesn't like, pay a tax yeah, I'm like how like, do you know that you've just assumed and then said that it's true yeah and I was saying to you off camera and and, and I think you obviously addressed everything but I was saying yeah. I, like my when I watched it from an outside perspective, I was like, you shouldn't have addressed everything because like, yeah. you don't have to defend yourself. Yeah. Like, this is just a, a person who's, yeah. could be ill or mentally ill and, and trying yeah. to bring you down. And um, I don't personally felt like you should have yeah. addressed everything. And like, no, I, I get that. Like, I didn't Or you could have addressed it in an Instagram story, but I don't think yeah. there's part of me which just feels like maybe she wants the video, maybe she wants the attention. Like you just don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, and there's part um, of me, which is like, now it's there, but yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause I think you're bringing more eyes to all yeah. this nasty stuff as well. Yeah. And, that, and that, that, that's why I kind of like see yeah. it. And I was like, look, like, I sh- yeah, I like, can see and that I, you've not done. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So it's like, just like anyone yeah. who sees it literally just messages me like the way that they're writing this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, but the reason I addressed everything was just so that they couldn't then just, if they keep posting it, I've already talked about it. Like I've already addressed it. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. And because they were messaging my agent. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, they've already done a video about it, this. Like, yeah. um, but because they were messaging people and stuff, my agency kind of said like, if they then send that to brands I work with because of the jobs, the agency got me, it then makes the agency look bad. And I'm like, fair, like, yeah. So it was kind of just like, I, understand, yeah. I just need to get everything out. So then it's the, that's fair. I, I know yeah. you've said it, like it makes sense if that, yeah. if you are, with, look, watch the video. Cause like it literally, yeah. like they've taken everything from me. Like I, I can't get paid work anymore. So because of the way my brain works and my stupid ADHD and autism, I can't like physically work a nine to five because I'll, I, I end up about like pay. Cause obviously you're, you're a content creator now. Yeah. I get paid sometimes. I've had like. Are you making? Because you got. En- I would think right. From, enough money to live off from, from the outside. No. Like, yeah, you got like <laughs> six hundred sixty thousand on TikTok. If I saw someone, are you making enough to get by then monthly with that Not, audience? No, no. On TikTok, I make pff, maybe a five or a month. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard there's no money in TikTok. It's all in YouTube. Though, yeah. It? And no one follows my YouTube. I've worked so hard on my YouTube. It's ridiculous. Like I put so much effort in. Um, but no, I honestly, 
in generally speaking on tiktok i make between five and 50 pound a month if that sometimes i'll not even that make is that ridiculous. Like if you're bringing yeah. in all these views yeah and i've never had a paid post on instagram none of my instagram posts have been paid for mm. um other than one i just did an ad with timor which my thing is like i will only work with brands that i genuinely appreciate and yeah. love and do actually use like i've been contacted by brands before and i've just said no because i just i wouldn't use it i don't really want to promote that to my audience because it doesn't it doesn't feel right. I don't want to do that. No matter the amount of the money. Amount of shit I get sent like, oh, this is a cleaning product. It's yeah. like, you can clean the tables, get rid of the allergies. I was like, I'm well, not going to do I've that. I've had brands yeah, like dead ass send me like meal, meal prepping and like gym stuff. And I'm like, babe, I was an anorexia recovery account. I ain't going to do that. I am positive. definitely like, not go anything about your story. Like, the amount of stuff like, like, it's crazy. Like, it's like, one was like, no. um, gym wears for women. I was like, what? <laughs> Like yeah, my beard, sure. my beard is gonna fit in there. So I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, I, "I'm sure but half yeah. of these brands don't even read." Like, no, and you can like tell that it's like a proper generic email. Um, but yeah, so I rely heavily on an agent to get me work because I physically can't do it myself. Like, my memory is not good enough. I forget to reply to emails. I make too many like really little like careless mistakes, and then I get overwhelmed a lot. And then I have like meltdowns and then I need like days and days rest between things. Even just seemingly spending an hour sending emails exhausts me so that I'm then done for the rest of the day. Like I can't do anything and I don't have any connections. Like I don't know any PR people or anything like that. So anytime I've had like branded work, it's literally because I've spent hours upon hours upon hours searching for like PR companies and brands to like email who I actually like enjoy. Mm. Um, so on TikTok, I've literally done loops, which I did. I don't think I've done any loops ads this year. I think I did loops last year and Timor this year. And I did one with Tesco and that's it. And none of them have been it a pay enough to even pay my rent. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, you just think like having that much. Yeah audience and that platform that people that, get paid for the followers and people stuff get like monetize it yeah and, um, no it's really difficult to I do so, so i had i got offered i made a bit i didn't make loads but i made enough to buy all this podcast equipment yeah and um cameras and everything last yeah. year um and i've always just reinvested it back into mm -hmm. like the equipment and stuff yeah um but like this year like same thing. I, I got offered a 12 month um, sponsor for the podcast, but mm -hmm. then found out this guy was dodgy. Oh God. And that he just didn't pay anyone. Oh. And that he literally just wanted free ads or free sponsorship yeah. for his product. No, that's not all right. That's um, not right And all. it wasn't until I spoke to other people in the community and then I was like, right, this guy's a cowboy. Got out yeah. of it. Sent me invoice, just completely ignored me and he's not paid me. Take him to small claims court. Well, yeah. Yeah. But no, it is, it is hard and especially as, as a disabled person because a lot of brands don't really want to work with disabled people when you've got accommodations that need to be met and stuff like that. And so for the, the ads that I have done, like I always write everything down like so I can do my tax and stuff. I tried to do my tax last year and they literally just like basically laughed me off of the phone. <laughs> <They were like, laughs> you're fine. Babe, you're fine. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, this year I might have to pay tax like maybe like £100-ish maybe. Mm. Um, cause I've done like all of my stuff for my ads and things, but the amount of money that I've like put into my content creation and stuff, it gets taken like Pe right back out. People like, don't get that. Like yeah. I think people just think like, 
you put out so much like free content, but then they don't understand like, even with the podcast, like you've, you've got to get the software and then yeah. obviously the stuff to host it on Spotify exactly. and Apple yeah. and then like Google Drive because all the files are massive. Yeah. It's just like, and it's expense after expense, exactly. but then people so like I got, don't yeah, see the like, plans. I don't mind, ex- like I got paid, there's like 1100 for my Timo ad. But was that what was that a video? What? Uh, yes, yeah, so that was a want? video on TikTok and a video on Instagram, and a share to my story. And obviously, I had to like use the app, which I do actually use pretty much every day, um, and like make the video, edit the video, send that over to them like within like a time frame and stuff. Like work. Was that through the brief. agent? No, so I got that myself. I reached yeah. out to Timo myself. Tesco, I got through the agent, and that was like four hundred pound. And I had to travel to London. <laughs> So I had to pay £100 for a train ticket and I've still not been paid for that ad yet. And they didn't even pay for your travel either. Um, So the travel will come out of the £400, but then the agency will also get like 15%. It's not even worth it. So it's not even worth it. Like it is like, yeah. you, you people think you get paid like so much money and you genuinely don't get paid that much yeah, money. Yeah. But I put out f- so much for like free content, but like it's free for everyone to do. But the amount of time and effort that I put into it, like I'll do like days of research before I make a post, mm. where, especially like my educational posts. And then I pay for Canva premium. I pay for like epidemic sign and stuff like that. And so I will spend, I was making like infographics for Instagram and stuff. And I don't get paid for that. Like I just do that because you love it for it's my like content. Passion, for my yeah. yeah, and it's something Same that with I the podcast. enjoy. Like, yeah. I, I've always said, like, look, even if I don't get a sponsor, like, I'm still going to do it. Like, yeah, I love, and just do it for yourself. Love interviewing people, like yeah. finding about their stories, and like it really opens up your eyes. And like, yeah, yeah. So like, I think if you, I think if you start off with money being number one, but yeah, then it's hard if you're like your content creator. You need money to yeah, get to, by. Like, like, do yeah, your content as, as a job. Like, I've yeah. got full time job. So I'm, this is like a side thing, so like, yeah. which makes it a bit easier. But like, if Whereas I was doing like, this as a full time, I'd be like, yeah, because like content yeah. creating is my like full time job, but it's a, a job that I do for free. Yeah. Um, but every single time I've had like, so I got my first job when I was like 14, 15 years old. I've always worked, and I've always just been in and out of hospital because I've been like so poorly and having constant like viral infections and then having like weeks upon weeks of like chronic depression, not being able to get out of bed because I was so burnt out. And then it was just like that constantly all the time. And since not working like an actual job, job, like job, job, I've had less frequent meltdowns. I've had less like bouts of depression. I've not had as many times where I've not been able to get out of bed. Like my life has just improved so much. And so if I can make content creation, like an actual like livable wage type of deal, then that'd be amazing. I have a, I have a t-shirt coming out tomorrow, which I'm like so super excited about, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm like terrified of posting it anywhere because I just don't feel like anyone's going to buy it. that's amazing i'm like i'm really excited about it you have to buy like a bulk order yes i paid for the so i bought the um how many sizes do you have to do so i do from small to 5xl um like t-shirt and the design is like a little flower like but like a a live (laughs) um and a, a little quote that says let yourself bloom because oh. it's about like being yourself yeah. and letting yourself like be your true self. And then at the end of like every single one of my videos, I always say, have a super good day. And so I put on the back of the t-shirt, have a super good day. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like just proper excited about it. So have you bought it and is it is it like a third party or have you just bought everything? And then um, Yeah, so yourself? my friend Jack owns a like clothing company. Yeah. So I will buy t-shirts off of him 
like as and when I need them. Yeah. And then the print is like 80 ish pounds, maybe a bit more for like 40 of, of them. So I get like 40 t-shirts for 80 quid. Uh, well prints and then obviously the t-shirts are like a fiver each um and then i like hand print them myself um wow. as well yeah but so they're going to be like 20 pound and i'm like i feel like that's justified i feel like that's a justified yeah, amount like, of money because like obviously as well you need to get but i it's always like i think i always felt a bit weird about selling stuff even when i was doing like the the instagram yeah. and selling stuff like this part of which felt a bit weird but i was like no like yeah. If you believe in something and like, yeah. yeah. And I think as well, like, I had a guy on the podcast called Phil Hates Gluten mm-hmm. and he set up like doing t-shirts and now he's doing jumpers. He does it. He made a fortune, like yeah. hundreds of like tens of thousands. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I hope gonna... that'll be you. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> like, and now he does it like, he does a release site and then they're sold out straight away. Yeah. So like, I, would I, even, don't, I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't think they'd sell it. I'm like, I honestly, I feel like if I can sell 10, I'll be happy. Like, I sell 10. Like, <laughs> I sell the, yeah. I sold these little bags ones for them. I always carry like two EpiPens and stuff. Yeah. That's good. And, um, yeah, Sorry. honestly, like this, like it's yeah. mad when you see the sales go through, you're like, oh my God, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like, endorphins like i was like oh my god yeah. like, i got my money back i still didn't i took them off a bit because i lost all my stamps i actually yeah. sent it to someone by accident. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. not <laughs> a good um shot but um, i got the stamps back though like, yeah you got them back i emailed those people and then someone was like yeah i've got your stamps it was in my husband's office i was like what the hell <laughs> so yeah i ended up getting the stamps back but you as well like you know you kind of touched upon earlier we was like talking about like relationships and mm-hmm. like I think when you did that video on YouTube, you kind of spoke about like OnlyFans as well. Yeah. What was, was that, was the reason money? Cause obviously we spoke about obviously like money now and obviously yeah. like the cost of obviously being a content creator. Mm-hmm. What was kind of the reason behind when you so originally the reason set up? I did, there was a few reasons I did OnlyFans and none of them were for the right reasons. So the main reason was because I think having like really, really low self-esteem and I genuinely believed that people would only ever want me in a sexual way. Like I just genuinely didn't believe that people liked me as a person. And I was just, you know, if I was dating someone, it was just for sex. Like they just wanted me for sex. That's all they wanted me for. And I thought if I did OnlyFans, more people would like me. Like they'd see me and be like, oh yeah, I, I like I like you now. Like because I did OnlyFans. So like um, a validation yeah, thing in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And the other reason was money, um, was to try and get money and, and stuff like that. But I honestly didn't do it for that long. I think I did it for like maybe five months. I'd forget to upload all the time. ADHD. <laughs> did you make a lot of money doing it? No, no, not at all. Um, and I genuinely didn't enjoy doing it either. Mm. Like I used to dread it and I just... Yeah, I just I just only did it for validation, really, and to just kind of make people view me in a more sexualized way because I felt like that's and it was more, it was more like mild for. kinks, weren't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was more just like rope, uh, bondage, uh, like wax play and stuff like that. It wasn't any like extra kinks, mm. like it wasn't you know like water sports or anything like that. It was just mundane, more vanilla type kinks. Um, when was that point where you were just like, this isn't, did like, you have to hide it from people at all? No, no, I literally posted about it on my Instagram. I was like, go follow my, go follow yeah. my OnlyFans. Um, but one of my videos got taken down. <laughs> so one of my videos got taken down for violating the guidelines. Um, and this account that was bullying me was kind of like, this 
because you involved children and it, it wasn't it was because I, I used a, a knife yeah um so I did like wax I had a video on wax play and I'd like poured like hot wax over my chest and when it had dried I was scraping it off yeah. and that got taken down for like a sharp object um but that was kind of like I never did anything like explicit on there I don't think I might be wrong I might have done yeah. just forgot but nothing on there was ever like really like extreme or anything um did you have a partner at the time when you were doing it um not a no not really um the first time I didn't the first time I had OnlyFans and then I brought it I brought my OnlyFans back so I stopped doing it um I don't remember why I think I stopped doing it because I was like really insecure with my body and then I started doing it again um and I had I was technically with one of my partners he's called Max um so he's American but it was Polly and stuff uh we were dating for a while and we still talk today but yeah he like was fine with it didn't mind like he used to go to kink events with me and stuff um so like kink events are things that like I in my like, private life do enjoy yeah. but this account was like trying to like out me and it's like a kink yeah it's mad person. about isn't it like because yeah. like what you're doing your I, personal life shouldn't really yeah. like affect them or exactly. like anyone else and it's, it's, that's, it's, that's up to you yeah kind of like. I've actually not been back to a kink event like because of it um because I'm too that's scared a, that's a shame though isn't it like, yeah because like, like the people at the events are so freaking lovely like genuinely the most lovely people ever and it's quite and, a safe space isn't it yeah it's I think, a really I think safe sometimes space. people think like don't know no like, it's so it's such a welcoming atmosphere and the first time I went to an event I nervous? I was terrified yeah. but like the way that the events that I go to uh like market stall type situation it's private it's a bit buy ticket to get in like they're not just open to anybody and you go and you look at all the different vendors and stuff and a lot of the products people like are handmade which is like really nice and really nice to talk to people about like oh so it's not like a party well there's an after party so the like market stall type part of it is like during the day and then there's like an after party in the evening and I didn't stay for the after party the first time um, because I was too scared. But the second time I did and like you don't, it's not like a sexual thing. Like there's not people walking about like naked and having sex and, and stuff like that. that's not what it is. It's just, you can, you know, wear lingerie or you can wear like, you know, kink outfits and costumes or whatever and just chill, have a drink, chat with your friends, chat with your partners, like, meet like people. As well, yeah. yeah. And that, that you can like test out the products that you've bought. So like rope or like spanking paddles and stuff like that. You can test them out there, but they have rules. You know, you're not allowed to walk around naked. You're not allowed to like take your clothes off from the bottom and stuff. Like, and everyone is so loving. And there's people there as well that are like house doms. It's like they're the like for protection and for safety. And if you feel unsafe, you go to them and be like, oh, right, this good. person yeah, yeah. is making me feel unsafe. And then they'll yeah. just get kicked out. Like literally no question, like bye. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're quite popular. There's a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're really, really popular. And, you know, they don't um, serve alcohol uh, because you can't legally consent when you're under the influence. So there's no alcohol. Um, you like have soft drinks and stuff. Mm. Um, and everyone like consent is a huge thing and you'll you'll see like if people are at the event and they're like engaging in anything like say someone is like testing out the rope there will constantly be people like are you okay is this consent like are you okay to continue like can I touch you here can I touch you there 
like just because someone's consented to you, you know, practicing Is it couples or is it more just like... Whoever. Is it all mixed? Like, yeah. yeah, it's mixed. There's couples, there's people who are single, there's like um, groups of people. Um, I actually met someone at one of them who was there with a mum. Oh my God. Yeah, like... Very open. Like. Very open. Um, but yeah, like like literally they're open to like all kinds of people. They're not yeah. a weird dingy thing that people think they are. It's literally just like hanging out like it's yeah yeah they're really fun um there's something for everyone nowadays like yeah yeah you're definitely not alone if you, you feel like <laughs> yeah but yeah ever since i have this thought about this and like a lot of time now someone else is like honestly yeah, there's it. a kink for everything yeah. like if you think that there's not there is 100 percent. but like kink itself it like isn't like not every kink is sexual like for example like one of mine is like spanking it's like something that i really enjoy but it's not a se- it's not sexual like what's you are to your partner for me all right yeah so like you can leave this in if you want to it's quite a funny story yeah go ahead like, but yeah. <laughs> it was at a, an event with um with max and we <laughs> we bought a paddle and he was spanking me with it and he broke it <laughs> like on my bum like it's it broke it in snapped. half and everyone at this event was just, just like thought. and i was in just like shock right I just didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my goodness, this is embarrassing. And I just like toddled off over to the yeah, corner. Like, yeah. I just need to hide. This is embarrassing. But like that, again, that like doesn't, that very, very rarely leads to sex. Like it's yeah. not sexual in any way. Like it's just something yeah. that I like. And so I think a lot of people think kink is a sexual thing. Like any kink yeah. is sexual and it isn't. Like very little kinks are sexual. Do you think a lot of it like stems from not just yours, but in general, do you think a lot of it stems from like people's upbringing? from people you um, spoke to or is it something they just find out later on? I think it can do. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, a lot of the kinks are things that, you know, might have stemmed from stuff when they were younger. But I, I, I think it just depends on the person. I think it can vary. It either can or it can't. Um, yeah. The most, say yeah. there's a spectrum that go like right to the right far to end. The far like, end. Must yeah. be that. But yeah. like, there's so many like to any like, kinks i can imagine like there's yeah. there's always a different kind of like levels to how yeah. far you kind of like push it like. exactly yeah so yeah. It like just depends and like everyone's you know got everyone's the, himself i was gonna yeah. ask about like we touched upon it a bit earlier but like your mental health space mm-hmm. are you in a much better space now than you've ever been um not that i've ever been yeah um so i'm doing okay now but i'm not doing like fantastic i have days at the minute that are not good where I like have to like text someone just to talk to me for a bit because like I don't want to be left alone with my thoughts um because I have like issues with depression a lot but I'm in a place now where I'm doing better and I know how to sort of help myself a lot more than I I used to just kind of close myself off and isolate myself and not talk to anyone because I thought I was a I thought I was a burden and a bother but now I kind of do like, reach that you out. Can't, yeah, you should never yeah. feel like you can. Uh, yeah. yeah. So like. So never feel like you're on your own kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So now I do reach out when I need to. Um, but I think working in like content creation and like being on social media, it's hard to kind of be open about your mental health in a way that's not triggering to other people and to also kind of ask for help without people getting like really overly concerned because then you worry about other people being like really worried and then it's like oh so it's like you don't do you know what I mean do you have do you have have a burden do you get like a lot of people like reach out and that could be quite overwhelming as well like because obviously like everyone I get it a lot with um 
kind of allergies and what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. like, it's, it's just a bit people, of an overload sometimes. Like, yeah, I, I get send, people yeah. message me like intense stories about their life, which is like lovely that you feel so like close to me that trust, you can yeah. do that. But please don't do that. Um, and I tend to not actually read my inboxes anymore because of how triggering they are. People will, you know, tell me like such horrendous like horrific things that have like happened to them and I'm like I don't know how to respond to that and then that overwhelms me and then I'm like I just feel really bad and then I end up going in like a spiral and it's like I don't know what to do because I can't help them and I don't so I just don't open my inboxes anymore or if I don't post for a few days so lovely that people do it and they'll reach out to me like you've not posted for a while are you okay and then I'm like oh god Mm, I get no one, no one needs to pause well, more. Like, just like yeah, yeah, and I can't imagine. Obviously, like obviously, obviously, you talk about so much as well, from kind of autism to ADHD to mm-hmm. anorexia, everything. Like. Yeah, the anorexia comment, like you get like a lot of people messaging you about how much they like don't eat, and then like send you pictures of their body at like its worst, and I'm like, oh, no. why would why why <laughs> like, yeah. why would you do that? And then I end up like so I like sob. And then I'm like, oh my God. And then that'll send it gets, me in. Yeah, in a spiral. Get, yeah, because yeah. then I start looking at old pictures of myself and then I'm like. Are you on medication at the minute then for like mental health? Or no. So I take antidepressants. I've been on antidepressants for like over 10 years. Do you feel like there's a stigma to that? Um, or do you think like people I, are getting I do. Right to the idea? Like, I think a lot of people think that antidepressants are just handed out. And to some extent they are. Like I was just given antidepressants when I was younger, when I should have been kind of looked at more for autism and ADHD instead of just anxiety and depression instead of just being like fed antidepressants but I think if you need antidepressants then you need antidepressants like you wouldn't like tell a diabetic person that you know they're less than because they have to have their insulin with them Mm -hmm. the same way you shouldn't be telling someone who needs mental health medication like if you're on antidepressants that they shouldn't need that like a medication is there for a reason and if you need to take it, you need to take it. And I do think there's a lot of stigma, but I think it's a lot better now than it used to be. I think people are more yeah, open I've got, to it like, now. Yeah, I a friend who, who takes it and stuff and he mm-hmm. like, has always been like really like, open about it. Yeah, like, like I don't hide the fact that I take meds yeah. and I think that that helps people as well. Like they'll see someone who, like on social media, I think it looks like I'm doing well in my life. I'm not <laughs> at all. Um, but I think it, it helps to see other people who like you like look up to in a way doing something so like normal if that Mm. makes sense like I know when I first started watching like Zoella on YouTube I remember that yeah is that Britney Spears sister is it yeah I don't know I know this fact but yeah I Zoella 101 no that's a no Is that Zoe 101? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> you have to leave. That. I don't know why I know that as well. That is like so random. Like, yeah. But no, Zoella. Uh, she was a YouTuber. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> oh my god! So the yeah, I know Zoe. She got the brother as well. Yeah, yeah, she's huge. But I started watching her years and years and years ago when I was having panic attacks, and I remember watching her videos when she was having panic attacks and stuff, and it just it felt so comforting because it was like, oh my god, it's not just me. Like this person who's like doing so good in their life has them as well and so I feel like I like that I kind of make content now that's kind of like she was probably similar. one of the first people in that space to really do it because she's like the biggest one isn't she I does, think she, does so. she still do it now no I have no idea I don't I stopped watching her like yeah years ago um 
think maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. I th- I'm, yeah, she's with, is it Alfie? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah, Alf- Alfie. Yeah. yeah, there's like a whole crew of them. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like massive into like watching like YouTubers. Yeah. I still do. Like, I don't, yeah. I watch YouTube more than I watch TV. Ye- yeah. Probably the same, actually. Yeah. Like, my girlfriend doesn't get it. She's like, obs- why do you watch YouTube? Because like, they just oh, think so it's much like... so better. Yeah. I'm obsessed with film cooking You can actually watch specific content, which you want to watch. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm obsessed with film Cooper. Yeah. I like watch every single yeah. one of his videos. I was going to touch upon that. Like, finally, like, is there any like advice you would give to someone out there who is maybe suffering with anorexia? Of, like, wh- what advice would you give to them? Like, um, to know that their body is not everything. Like they are a whole person outside of the way that they look. They are a person with dreams and aspirations and family and friends and life goals and ambition and personality. Like you are so much more than just what your body looks like. And if you genuinely are struggling, that it's okay to struggle, but just know that you don't have to struggle by yourself and you can talk to people about it. And it doesn't matter how long you've been struggling for, you are still valid and you're still allowed to get help. If it, if it's been a week, if it's been a year, if it's been 20 years, it doesn't matter how long it's been, you deserve help. And the help is there. You just have to ask for it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And if anyone wants to follow your Instagram and TikTok, would you like to share that? Um, yeah, it's just Adelaide underscore Sarewell on pretty much everything. And yeah. I've got t-shirts coming out. Amazing. Yeah, make sure to check it out. Anyway, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. I feel like yeah. we've touched upon so much. Yeah, so, I feel um, like I talk a lot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. To be asking all these questions like, oh, what, what's about this? What about this? Anyway, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the Make a Take podcast. Thank you for having thank me. You. It's been good. <laughs> amazing.